Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 201 of the Canadian Football Countdown, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. I'm Ryan Coop here, joined this evening by Adam Stewart, Trey Colbeck. We're here uh, with another edition of our CFL offseason roundtables. We've got a lot of things from the past two weeks to discuss since CFL free agency uh, kicked off. Uh, we're going to talk about McLeod Bethel Thompson heading to the USFL, the Ticats trading Dane Evans over to BC, a number of notable CFL free agent signings. And if we have time, a couple of more topics here this evening as well. Uh, we'll also be taking your comments. We'll take your questions in our live chat throughout the night. Uh, we're live on a variety of different platforms. Thanks to our presenting sponsor, GameTime TV, which you can learn more about at GameTimeTV.ca. Uh, before I bring in the other two here this evening, and we do want to acknowledge that the Canadian Football Countdown is brought to you from Treaty 1 Territory, traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, Cree, Ojibwe, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and the homeland of the Métis Nation, as well as from Treaty 4 Territory, traditional territory of the Cree, Soto, Dakota, Lakota, Nakota, and Métis Nation. Now, let's bring in the rest of our panel here for this evening. First up, it's the great Adam Stewart. Adam, how are you doing today? Hey, doing very well, Ryan. Just been busy with uh, all sorts of non-Canadian football stuff for a little while with hockey and everything else going on. But uh, yeah, excited to talk some Canadian football for once and uh, also don't have to talk any NHL today. I'm sure there was absolutely nothing that happened there at all today, right? Yeah, a couple of things I hear. Uh, you would think today was the trade deadline, but no, no, that's Friday. Uh, joining us here this evening as well is the great Trey Colbeck. Trey, how are you doing tonight? Uh, same as Adam. Had a lot of stuff, non-Canadian football going on, more of the four-legged animal variety. So, uh, yeah, a lot going on there, man. Yeah. So, But, uh, yeah, great to talk some CFL football and to get away from the track a little bit, man. I'm going to... Oh, my head spinning. I don't know why for a second there I was starting to think you got like a dog or something. And then oh, I realized no. you're talking about horse racing with the four-legged oh, animals. The the only I'm not a I, I don't mind pets. I just don't want a pet. Like I don't mind going to someone's house and they have that cute dog and you can pet it, but then you get to go home without it. <laughs> it's kind of like having a friend that has kids or being like the uncle you can or the uncle or aunt right you can take care of the kids but once it's time for bedtime you're not longer your responsibility that's that's very valid point very valid point there trey uh you guys mentioned it's uh, you know a couple of weeks of not talking canadian football last time out here on the podcast episode 200 we talked a lot of canadian football we uh eight hour live show for cfl free agent frenzy i had a lot of fun with it uh we also smashed viewership records our most viewed episode in show history so thank you everybody for tuning in and helping us make that show uh, as successful as it was uh, any thoughts you guys on the big eight hour show and how that went well i mean i wasn't there for like pretty much seven and a half of it so i mean i can't really say a whole lot unfortunately i was working that day but you know what uh i watched uh, most of it afterwards and it was a great show i mean lots of great discussion lots of great topics unfortunately some talking to so we really didn't want to have to talk about like the montreal alouettes becoming the biggest free agency signing that day uh but, you know, overall, it was a great show. Uh, thanks again to everybody that did watch that show, if it was Chris or anybody else that's in our chat that always watches along 
thank you very much once again from all of you guys or from all of us i think uh and myself too like i say i i didn't get to contribute quite as much as i know you guys did but i from what i seen you guys did an awesome job oh it's fantastic and it was i was only five minutes late picking up my kid uh when bb can ryan showed on so it was okay if five minutes is nothing you know it's just oh, it's bad. traffic was bad teacher traffic was bad you know but uh it was a good time uh and uh, it'll be a nice 11 and a half months until we have to do it again, because I don't want to do it again until then. <laughs> you, sure, you, you sure you don't want to pull off like CKRM and Regina is going to be doing and do the May 5th draft day? I don't have enough knowledge about these draft picks to coherently. Like, we could do a live show. I just sincerely hope nobody tunes into that, because it will be the worst content we've ever produced. It may. If it's sometimes the worst, you never know. It could turn into the best also. I mean, I'm sure we can entertain for three and a half hours of something. So, Yeah. Do we even need to talk Canadian football? We should probably talk Canadian football here. That's what most people come to watch. Uh, who am I kidding? They come for our personalities, right? Uh, somebody has to, to enjoy those. Um, but <laughs> let's talk about it. Uh, everything from the CFL over the past couple of weeks. And one of the big things on CFL Free Agent Frenzy Day that uh, we were waiting for the shoe to drop, so to say, on this one. It was the major remaining piece, one of them, at the quarterback position. And that was what's going to happen with McLeod Bethel Thompson, uh, who has officially signed a deal to go to the USFL with the New Orleans Breakers. Uh, a lot of speculation, you know, a lot of talk of MBT wanting to find a job down south in the States first, and if not, coming back to uh, the Argos only, uh, not knowing whether the Argos would be bringing him back made it interesting looking at the moves they made. Uh, but he is officially off to the USFL, probably the biggest name heading to one of these spring leagues, maybe Darnell Sankey uh, off to the XFL. That's another big one. You know, one of the top linebackers in the CFL. Uh, but Trey, I know you've got a bit of an interest in these spring leagues in terms of how they're going to, whether or not they're going to succeed uh, and, and things like that. What do you make of uh, a guy like MBT heading to the USFL? It's, I, I'm in the middle. I think it's a bigger deal than the people who say, oh, it's no big deal but it's not quite the sky is falling, right? We're not losing Caleros. We're not losing um, Mare or Cornelius or, or Rourke, even at least Rourke at least went to the NFL, right? If we lost Rourke or something like that to one of these two leagues, then the sky is falling. And same with Sankey. Like, he's a guy that I wish stuck around, but, you know, you're going to have those. You have to remember, like, these guys are coming to a foreign country to play football, right? So, and, you know, there's taxes and they still have to pay for living up here. And so it might just be easier for them to play down south, right? That's going to happen. It's it's the foreseeable future. I keep an eye on the XFL numbers, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, a little bit if we have time, right? But that's what I'm looking for because it's the, it's the TV deal, right, that the CFL needs. And that's my biggest thing about these spring leads is the TV deal. And because um, there's all this compliment, there all this talk is like, oh, CFL numbers in Canada are better. And even though it seems like CFL numbers in America might be better than some of these leagues, where's our deal? And that you know that's something else we can talk about. But the players leaving, I'm not not chicken little right now, Adam. You, you know, I'm not. Yeah, I'm. It's kind of the same way. I mean, let's face it, though, he is a good uh, 
a good quarterback, and he's been a good quarterback in this league for quite a while. It is a shame that we lose a little bit of talent like that. And I think bigger names, though, like you were saying before, Darnell Sankey. Uh, there's other ones in there as well. Uh, the guy from Hamilton, I just can't remember the name right off the top of my head. Those the are West big losses. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Uh, so those are big losses. Uh, is McLeod Bethel Thompson the biggest loss? Yes and no. I think uh, you don't want to lose a quarterback anytime to any league, whether it be Nathan Rourke or McLeod Bethel Thompson. That being said, the NFL has lost quarterbacks to the CFL over the years. Uh, we've seen Johnny Manziel come up to the Canadian Football League. Nobody ever seen that one coming back in the day. And did it work as an experiment? No. But it was still interesting to see. Uh, you know, Everybody's saying that the CFL is going to lose all this talent. I just don't see it happening. The The XFL and the USFL are two different leagues. Uh, they're played at a different time. They're, they're not the same thing as the Canadian Football League. This being said, I know why McLeod Bethel Thompson, he said his wife has a deal in Georgia along with uh, – uh, where he's really going to be kind of kind of close to working by. Uh, I think she worked for Marvel, if I'm not mistaken, as a writer or as a big part of Marvel Studios, which I'm sure probably pays a lot of the bills. Uh, and hey, if you're close to home and you're close to family and you're making not maybe the same money, but very similar money to what you're making in the CFL, why wouldn't you? You're, you're 10 hours closer to home. Family's everything. It makes sense to me. And wish him all the best uh, with his new team. Yeah, you can't really blame the guy for wanting to come home and be closer to family. Like the way it works out, he basically gets to spend his entire football season like at home with his family. Uh, and you got to respect that, right? Like, yeah, it's a loss for the CFL. You know, uh, it's probably good viewed as a bigger loss, particularly because they won the Grey Cup, right? You know, Grey Cup champion quarterback leaves for for one of these startup spring leagues. Uh, I know they're in their second season now, but yeah, that's a big juicy headline when you look at it and it's just a headline and maybe think that this is, you know, doom and gloom for the CFL. But if we're talking, you know, looking at this year, maybe a handful, what, five guys, notable guys that have gone from the CFL to XFL or USFL. And I'm sure come season, come training camp, we're going to get a number of new guys coming in, whether it's from the NFL, from the XFL, the USFL. So I, I'm the same way. I don't think this is a concern talent-wise of losing talent to these other leagues necessarily. I'd be interested to know the stats on how many – all-star CFL all-stars at season's end, both on the first version and the second version of the list once they republish it due to mistakes. Uh, how many of these guys are in their first or second year in the CFL uh, each season? Because, yeah, you might lose a guy to the XFL, USFL, but you might have a new all-star come in as a rookie into the CFL each season. So I, I think there's still enough of an influx of talent that it's not going to hurt the league. Um, it sucks to see guys like MBT uh, definitely go off to the to the to the states leagues, though. Uh, but let's talk about it from the Argos' perspective now, because uh, interestingly, it turns out they knew supposedly about his decision for a little while already, so it didn't impact their plans for spending in free agency too much. Um, but they are now going to go, it seems, with Chad Kelly as their starting quarterback going into training camp. Uh, how are we feeling about that from the uh, the Toronto perspective here? Uh, let's go back to you, Adam. 
you know, if I'm the Toronto Argonauts, I got a little bit of concern with this because as much as Chad Kelly looked awesome in one quarter of action in the Grey Cup, it's still not a whole big sample size and there isn't a lot of film on them yet. That's a good thing and a bad thing in another way because CFL teams will learn how to adjust to Chad Kelly and they'll make a play game plan for him. Uh, that being said, hopefully he's ready to go and he's got a good opportunity here uh, with the with the Toronto Argonauts, like you just said. However, if I'm the Argonauts, I've got to bring in some uh, other person in there as well. I would sure love to have a veteran in there to kind of guide him along the way. That being said, there really isn't a whole lot of veterans to choose from in the CFL right now that would really work well. Uh, so I know I proposed it out to our uh, to our crew here a little while ago, and Trey's already got the laughter in. But some, are you and Chris in on this? Because Chris is putting it in the chat too. You guys I, I have see, a little yeah, talk beat, about this? Yeah, he beat us to this or something, or it's a conspiracy or something. Carson Wentz to the CFL. Hey, could you imagine if a Carson Wentz or a Marcus Mariota or somebody like that came to the Toronto Argonauts? The the star power out of that would be huge because A, both of those two teams are leagues that we just talked about, the XFL, USFL. They would love to get a guy like that just to give their self some clout. You get somebody like that in the CFL, well, that's that's saying something. Plus, who knows? Maybe it'll sell some seats in the CFL in one of the markets that needs to sell some seats. But that being said, I'm pretty sure they're going to go with Chad Kelly uh, to start this one off, who also, I should add, is still a former uh, Denver Broncos quarterback as well. Trey? Hold on, didn't we look this up at some point last season that Chad Kelly's NFL experience, isn't it like one preseason game? Oh, counts. <laughs> Something, yeah, we looked at it like that. I... I'll fact check this, but uh, yeah. while I do so, uh, Trey, what do you think? I want to know what Aaron Rodgers thinks when he comes out of his four days in the darkness or whatever. Maybe maybe he'll end up with Drake or something in Toronto. I don't know. But no, see, I, I think they're going to go with Chad Kelly unless some miracle they get their hands on one of the guys we're talking about or someone like that. Maybe Tom Brady. I don't know. Um <laughs> He's uh he's too busy doing stand up comedy right ah, now. I don't I <laughs> yeah. I mean have you seen him in Ted too? He's pretty funny in that, but other than that, he's not that funny. But um oh god. Anyway, um <laughs> I think you're cracking I, I more think... jokes than I've heard out of uh Tom Brady so far. I think they're gonna have to go with Chad Kelly. Like I thought their only maybe option is if somehow uh how they got if they got Evans and maybe somehow they could sw sweep him away from BC still, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have much on that other than that. I just think that I was quite surprised that they went with uh, or they uh, they just are going to go with that. And yeah, Bethel Thompson. I mean, man, at this point, if my wife worked for Marvel, I wouldn't do, be doing anything. So whatever. <laughs> Uh, okay, yeah, I looked it up. Uh, not a preseason game, but Chad Kelly had one game with the Broncos back in 2018, one snap, and it was a QB kneel, according to Wikipedia. So uh, when we talk about a guy with NFL experience, there's a lot of hype around this guy. Maybe it's due to his time in college, but uh, maybe it was a higher NFL draft pick, but no NFL experience. It was the best, it was the best quarterback kneel anybody's ever seen in the NFL. 
And, and I'm not trying to knock Chad Kelly here by, by that lack of experience. He could turn out to be a very great quarterback. They could be doing the exact same thing the BC Lions did with Nathan Rourke. He had a couple of games before they handed the full reins to him uh, and, and said, go off. And well, he went off last season uh, and now he's off to the NFL. I think, yeah, there's a lot of hype around Chad Kelly. There is the potential for that to work. And if it does work for them, I love it because I love what BC did by taking a chance on a younger quarterback and spending their money to build the pieces around them. And if Toronto can follow that model, I just don't know if I believe in Chad Kelly himself being that guy. And maybe I'm drawing things completely wrong, but based on, you know, interviews I've heard from him, he seems like another one of those prototypical quarterbacks that's coming from the NFL to the CFL solely to make his way back to the NFL. He saw him, on social media pitching his, uh, you know, case to, I think, a couple of NFL teams this offseason, like, hey, give me a shot type of thing. And you know what? Fair to the guy, right? Like, that's what your goal is. So I I hope he goes out and finds a way to accomplish it. But I I just am worried there is a bit of a distraction, a bit of an ego case potentially there. And I will fully eat the crow if I'm off base on that and apologize to him. But that that's the vibe I get. And I don't know if that's going to translate to success in his first year as a starter here, because more often than not, it doesn't. The other thing also to keep in mind is he did have a big problem in the NFL. He violated the personal conduct policy. That's why he's not playing in the NFL right now, probably as a backup or otherwise. Uh, once you break that personal conduct policy and you're just a rookie and just a young guy, it's very tough to get your, uh, probably get back in there. So I hope for his case that he has a great CFL season here this year, absolutely lights it up and somebody looks at him in the NFL, but until he does something in the CFL, other than a fourth quarter comeback and win against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, right, Trey? Anyways, uh, Otherwise, really, there's not much uh, much else that you can say about Chad Kelly until really the uh, bullets start flying in regular season. Uh, a fun note from the Wikipedia page here before we can hand it over to you, Trey. Uh, competed in, uh, in 2018 for the backup position with the Broncos with uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders legend uh, Paxton Lynch, uh, who's having a heck of a time over in the XFL uh, bench in two straight games. <laughs> Only guy to be benched in four the all four leagues or something like great man. Hey, uh, hey, power to him. He did want to go back to the U.S. He ended up back in the U.S. playing football. Just happens to be yeah. that he's playing on the bench. You know, I don't want to harp on it, but we're talking about the personal conduct, and then just going through the Wikipedia page, he was arrested four or five years before that for starting a brawl in a bar in Buffalo. So I mean, like now, Why is it Buffalo? I don't. <laughs> I don't know. And then, like, I, I don't want to harp on it, but then also looking at his his stats, he's technically 0-1 as a starter. Uh, his uh, touchdown to interceptions is 2-3, to but at least he's got some rushing touchdowns. Like, I mean, he's not – he hasn't shown it yet, but, I mean, we said that about Nathan – I mean, some people said that about Nathan Rourke going into the year. Some people might say that about Mayer and Calgary and Cornelius and some of those other guys, Trevor Harris. You never know. Some of these guys were like, oh, they haven't proved it yet, and then they have the chance. Um Cool fact is little brother plays tight end, so get him to come up to Toronto and play receiver for him, and that might be interesting. But, I mean, things you can learn from a Wikipedia page. I love it. Yeah, we, we, we might need to start doing a Wikipedia deep dive uh, as a segment on this podcast. 
Uh, I'm a little surprised they didn't more heavily pursue some of the other options in free agency, though. Supposedly, Cody Fajardo, I think, it had said it came down to Toronto and Montreal for him. He chose Montreal because there was more of a clear opportunity to be a starter there. Maybe that's something the Argos could have pursued more heavily as a 1A, 1B situation. Or, as we transition into our next topic here, were they banking on a release of a certain quarterback over in Hamilton, and that's Dane Evans, who... Plot twist, uh, the saga comes to an end as he's traded over to the BC Lions for a conditional 2024 fourth round pick. All of the writing was on the wall for Dane Evans over in Hamilton after Paul Levi Mitchell came in, signed the three-year deal. They brought back Matt Schultz on an extension as well. Evans was making starter money and was arguably down to the third string quarterback on the depth chart. It was... Very intriguing holding pattern, though, because uh, why release the guy when and let, you know, a rival like Toronto bring him in when you could try to get something for him? Whereas also, if you're looking at these other teams, why would you pay something for him when you know he's going to be released? Well, the Lions get him for a conditional fourth round pick condition still to be announced, I guess, on that one. Uh, let's take this from the Hamilton standpoint, uh, and, and how they handled this whole situation. Trey, what do you think of, uh, of the, how this ended up being resolved? Uh, good on them and seeing how high that pick could become. I'm assuming the fourth is the smallest or the lowest it would be. That's usually how they announce it. Right. So, you know, if I'm sure if he's a starter or does certain things, that's going to go to third or second and. I think BC's got a good chance of being a team that makes that conditional pick go up as high as it can this year. I think Hamilton did it perfectly. I I think that Hamilton, to me, owes just as much to Dane Evans as Bethel Thompson owes to Toronto. It's the business. We've talked about it. Yes, there's the human element. Maybe was it a little crappy? Okay. But, I mean, and I know it's maybe tough with the CFL, but we see it in other football leagues. Players will sit out. Players will just say, you know what, I'm not happy with this. I'll sit out for three or four games. Now, here you're missing out three, four hundred thousand dollars. We're down south. You're, you know, it's not, it's, but I mean, you're still missing out on millions, right? Down in the south. So I, I don't think there was any problem with that. Good on them for holding on to it. I wouldn't have been shocked if they held on to it till training camp, honestly. But BC, I think BC, well, I know you asked me to talk about Hamilton, but BC, I'm a little scared of. I'm not going to lie, wearing my bomber hat today, uh, Adam. You know, I looked at this one and I said, Hamilton, you did this exactly right. Because I seen a lot of guys on Facebook saying, hey, you're holding on to Dane Evans. You're ruining his career. You're just, I'm like, really? Come on, guys. The the CFL is a business, just like any other business. If they feel like they have the right to hold on to him, and they do have the right, they've signed a contract with him. Keep him until you can get something out of him, or until at least you're owing him some more money on a physical or something. Right now, it's costing you absolutely nothing to hang on to that Dane Evans contract until they take the physical. Then it starts costing you money. After that, yeah, maybe then you got to release him. But until then, they did this exactly right. They got themselves some sort of piece out of it. They got themselves, again, it could be a third, I think, if uh, all conditions are met, I think is what I read somewhere. But nevertheless, uh, a third-round pick in the CFL could be a Keon Schaefer-Baker or it could be a absolute bust. So it's a CFL draft. Get as many picks as you can. It don't matter where they are. You might get a guy anywhere in the draft. Uh, so 
to me, I love the deal. Uh, BC ends up with a good player, and on the Hamilton side of it, uh, they end up with another draft pick, which, again, Canadians are Canadians. They're kind of valuable, uh, even if they're, uh, like I said, sometimes it doesn't work out, but when it does, that sure sometimes can be a very valuable pick. It'll be interesting to follow along and see who that third overall or third round pick or fourth round pick will be and uh, what they do with them. To me, the intriguing aspect of this is could Hamilton have gotten more by trading him in division to a team like Toronto, right? And yeah, they get this fourth round pick back, which, you know, isn't the juiciest return value for, for a guy that was a starting quarterback last season. But is the inherent value the most key part of this for the Thai Cats that uh, you give the Argos no chance uh, of bringing him in when you see, hey, they maybe need a quarterback or their quarterback situation's not settled in place right now? Uh, the only way this comes back to bite the Thai Cats in the butt is if they meet the BC Lions in the Grey Cup and Dane Evans leads the Lions to a victory over them uh, in, in some regard there. Of course, the other interesting way it could come back to bite them is watch BC flip them back to Toronto now and get themselves an asset back that's perhaps better than that fourth round pick. I don't think that's going to happen. Supposedly, Evans has already restructured a new contract with the BC Lions uh, that pays him more in the backup range of money. Uh, and he's going to compete with Dominic Davis. Uh, I would presume Dane Evans is the backup. Davis ends up being that third string short yardage guy. That seems like it would kind of fit their career trajectories uh, here for those guys. But from the BC perspective, I love this move to bring in a guy like Dane Evans to back up Vernon Adams Jr. Uh, you know, this is a team that had Nathan Rourke as the best quarterback in the CFL, in my opinion, last season. Knew he was on his way out, knew there were injury question marks for him, made the trade for VA last season. Now they go and make another trade to bring in Dane Evans. You don't see premium quarterbacks traded too often in the CFL, and there can be arguments over what premium means, but Vernon Adams Jr. and Dane Evans are two nice pieces they've added to fill the quarterback spot after their star player left for the NFL, and I think they're set up well with a one-two punch at the position coming into this season. Uh, interested to see how it's going to work out in BC. Presumably VA should be getting the starting role, right? Yeah, no, VA should get the starting role. But again, we've talked about this now, I think for, well, last year, all of that time, you have good Vernon and you have bad Vernon. And some days he just can be really on and some days he really can't be. So to me, I agree that this is a great trade for the BC Lions because, you know, you got somebody behind Vernon Adams that has played some Canadian football, played some significant Canadian football, and you don't have to worry about possibly uh, maybe so if something ever did happen to Vernon Adams, you do have that guy behind you. Like we seen last year, all of a sudden when they didn't have Nathan Rourke, Michael O'Connor was not the guy that was going to take them well anywhere. And they made the trade for Vernon Adams. It did work out. They made the great, uh, made the West final in the end after Rourke came back. But uh, no, this is a good trade for him. Uh, they, they got, like I say, some virile veteran player out of it. And if something does happen, or even if Vernon Adams has a bad day, you can always put in Dane Evans for a series or two, settle him down and see what's going to go on. Trade. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and, I don't mind this. It's, it. I don't know. I don't really have much else to add, man. You hit it. You hit. You guys hit it pretty good. It's. It, it, you got the good at bad Vernon Adams. 
he could get injured game one. He could get injured. Get any, he could get injured one minute uh, before the Great Cup. Uh, us Bomber fans know how that is, right? He, you know, you could. He's the best guy that he could have, uh, or be, the best guy you could have possibly available, unless BC gets Carson Wentz, right? So, yeah. And I'm, and I wonder what Dane Evans with the offensive game plan of Jordan Maximet, uh over in BC looks like because you compare his offensive game plan last season that really enabled Rourke to succeed the way he did. I think a lot of that was Rourke's talent. A lot of that was the game plan and the receivers and running back available to him. Uh, and then you look at Tommy Condell's game plan over in Hamilton where there was no run game. Dane Evans is throwing 40 times a game. There's pressure on him. There's a lot of pressure on him, and he's making mistakes when he's got that pressure. Now you get a new offensive game plan that's going to use a guy like Lucky Whitehead and, you know, those dump passes, those sweeps uh, in there as well. There, there's question marks, sure, about the run game over in B.C., uh, but I, I think a, a good game plan can, if he gets the opportunity, I think Evans still has the talent there. If he can settle down his game to, uh, to bring it back to, you know, the potential people have seen in him. So great deal for BC, great place for Dane Evans himself to land. I think this was the best possible situation for him. Uh, and uh, I'm excited to see it work out for, for both of these teams here. Let's move on to talking about some of the other notable news from CFL free agency over the past two weeks. Uh, we talked about a lot of the moves that happened leading up to the opening day of free agency, a lot of the ones that happened on the opening day of free agency, but there have been some more big ones since. Uh, most notable ones, I would say, looking through the list, Rashid Bailey coming back to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Who saw that one coming? Uh, that was a large topic on free agency day. Sean Lemon, the big fish on the defensive line, going over to BC Lions. Uh, he knocked Muamba back to the Toronto Argonauts uh, after, you know, they made the Jordan Williams trade. We all kind of thought Muamba was retiring. Simone Lawrence back to Hamilton. Sorry, Adam, the dream is dead. Uh, and, and I'll throw Walter Fletcher back to the Montreal Alouettes as the remaining running back on the board here. Uh, we'll go through some of these here over the next little bit. So uh, let's go to you here first, Adam. Uh, which which of these moves uh, that's happened in the last two weeks uh, stands out as uh, as one you want to are most interested in? Well, the one that's most surprising to me is he knocked Mwamba. I mean, there were, I thought there's no room whatsoever in that linebacking core when you got Winton McManus, you've got Jordan Williams, and he knocked Mwamba now in there. Like, I mean, they have got an amazing linebacking core in Toronto. Uh, I'm just wondering how they can afford this. I guess when you don't have a starting quarterback, you can afford stuff like this because that's incredible. Uh you're right. I thought he knocked Wamba was either going to retire or possibly join another team. I didn't expect him to, seeing as he's already been with, what, Saskatchewan. He's been with Montreal. He's been with BC. He's been almost, he almost has the Karari Jones uh, tour card as well. Uh, not quite. Or not quite Harry Jones. Kevin Glenn tour card as well. Uh but that one was kind of a surprise to me to see him come back to the Toronto Argonauts. Simone Lawrence, yes, I knew he was going to go to Hamilton the whole time. I just wanted him to come to Saskatchewan for the chaos. That's the only reason just to see a bunch of Saskatchewan fans absolutely have to eat a big black crow. Anyways, uh, Trey, which one surprised you the most? Oh, man. I... 
Sorry, I was thinking of something stupid. You know what? I'll say it. I'll say it. I can confirm a certain Saskatchewan Rough Rider play-by-play. I'm personally paying Lawler and Bailey under the table, guys. I'm personally doing it. I've given the goodness of my heart. I'm paying them all the money that they're missing. They're coming here, boys. You know, I, that, that surprises me. Lawler and Bailey. There's got to be at least a million tied up in the Blue Bombers receiving core. At least, if not more. And they got depth now, too. Where are they putting everybody? Damsky, Waller-Tarski, Orange Leary, um, Lawler. Agadosi. Yeah, exactly. Where are you putting all these guys? And then you got Janarian Grant, who can be out there. Did I forget to mention Dalton Schoen? Dalton shoot, I forgot the best player, man. Where are you putting these? Are these guys going to – are they going to Chris Jones them and make them play cornerback? Like, I don't know what's going on, man. Like, those eight or nine guys – what? I said it's a Winnipeg pre-practice roster they're going to have to start. I mean, like, unless they're – like I said, unless they took the Chris Jones playbook too and all these guys are getting cut before training camp for some reason or traded, like, I don't know what they're doing. Like, I mean, all four of them to fit it in and – I guess when you got probably Big Hill, I'm assuming takes a huge pay cut. I'm assuming Jefferson probably does. Jeff Coat probably did. The only guy that didn't take a pay cut's Caleros, but other than that, everyone's seeming to take. I mean, and to be honest, he probably is taking a pay cut too of uh, what he could get elsewhere. <laughs> you can call me crazy or something, Adam. There, you know, we'll start <laughs> that because. Um, I know we talked about. Maybe I didn't explain it right. I don't think there's actual under the car, under the table sneakiness. But like I said, maybe when you look at things like, oh, Big Hill has established his life here, Jefferson's established his life here, things like that, where maybe there's no exact words, but you know this is a city you can continue on after in. You know what I mean? Like you can make that money back being the car salesman that you're the ex bomber or what Takari Jones owned Booster Juice. You know what I mean? This is a city. You can do that in. And I think that might be the real wink that Wade Miller gives to the players. Like, hey, come to Winnipeg. We'll take care of you after unofficially. Or, you know, like, I think having the Bombers on your resume in Winnipeg might might be a good thing. But Well, uh, well that's what Saskatchewan's been doing forever. I mean, you, they always have these endorsements. They have suppers. They have these small town events. And... They get paid, rider, rider players get paid personally a pile of money to be doing these speeches and these talks and these places all over the place. Uh, they get their, they, there's special things when you go around town in Regina and you're a Saskatchewan Rough Rider that you get for cheap because you're a Saskatchewan Rough Rider. There's a certain car company or car um, dealer in town in Regina that supplies your vehicle as you're a Saskatchewan Rough Rider. So, there's reasons why. And in BC, I'm sure that they try to do something similar if they have the corporate sponsors. Uh, Winnipeg does the same thing. I mean, it's just the way it works. It, it You're signing what you're going to join and be in a part of. Uh, what concerns me is, again, I'm not going to bring it up here right now, but why bring things up like this? I just, it, it, it's silly. Anyways, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay off of this. But I, we'll get to. But it's not like Saskatchewan hasn't got caught doing dirty things in the past. But Montreal's got caught doing dirty things with like envelopes, right? This isn't like even if it's 100 percent true, all nine teams are probably guilty of it to some degree. There's no way one team doesn't do it if they all do. It's you know, the, so, it's the Cavus Reed special, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like 
like you know are we shocked like it's anything are we really shocked brady got caught colluding with miami you know i mean are we really shocked these things happen no like are we did anyone really believe armstrong didn't do it when he won the tour de france like no we, do we believe OJ didn't do it? No, like you know, these guys are these guys are doing it. It's all there. It, it's I don't know, man. You, I, took I, I, from, you took it from like uh, you know bribery to serial. Murder. I'm sorry. I'm worked. I'm worked up from my other job, and I'm bringing that energy here. It's a lively show tonight, folks. Uh, it's been good. It's good. I like it. I like it when you guys are fired up here. Um, yeah, supposedly the talk is Rashid Bailey taking up to what a hundred thousand dollars less to stay in Winnipeg, which that that's no small chunk of change. Like that is a significant amount. That's probably like double the contract size. It's half his contract. Yeah, I think he's only at a hundred thousand. So like, which and, and apparently Saskatchewan offered it to him. That was the crazy thing. So. I'm not surprised the riders would have offered something like that after, you know, losing Kyron Moore, Shaq Evans, et cetera, et cetera, and free agency, Duke Williams. I know they did bring a couple of pieces in there, but I, I, I think they could have used a guy like Rashid Bailey. I think a lot of teams could have used a depth guy like this. Uh, but but that's, those- the, that's the main point, Ryan, you just said was depth guy. You're paying 200000 for a guy that's going to give you depth. And as we talked to Steve over on the Piffles pod during our uh, frenzy, he said in Saskatchewan, there is no number one receiver. Would Rashid Bailey paying him 200000 make him a number one receiver? I think he has the potential if he's listed as the go-to guy to be the go-to guy. He's shown that talent playing in the role where he's getting three to four, you know, the, the three to four usage reps. Uh, out of out of the guys there, I think there he's shown the flashes there. We won't we wouldn't know until he actually does get more of a role, and we're not going to find out certainly this this year in Winnipeg with how stacked the crew is there. Uh, it's intriguing though because in a world where money is the big thing, right? Everything's about money, so to say. To see a guy actually, and you know what? We just had Kenny Lawler do an I had an interview yesterday where he was asked why he went over to Edmonton last season. And he said, honestly, the money, uh, which I love that too. When we see a guy candid that says, yeah, money is was the most important thing to me. Then you have the opposite, a guy like Rasheed Bailey, who just really likes being a part of this team, the culture of this team. And I think that speaks to a lot of what Kyle Walters, Mike O'Shea, et cetera, have built. And that's how you build you know, a team that like this, that has been so strong the last couple of years, like this is a place that players want to come in and play. And Trey, I know you've had a lot of concerns of like the team getting older and aging here a little bit. And, you know, how do you afford to keep these guys while still building for the future? I I think being a place where guys are willing to come take a hundred thousand less to play is a way you do that. I didn't think they'd do it. That's why I was so down on them, man. Like what, Again, I understand in bigger leagues, you might take a million off when you're making 20 million, like, you know, to stay somewhere, but ha- you're not taking 10 million if you're getting offered 20 million. And that's basically what Rashid Bailey did, right? Like he took half his contract not to go with the Rough Riders and even Lawler seem- seemingly took less to come here. I didn't know that. I don't know. Like, again, it just, like, I don't know how this all crunches in unless they literally got super sweet discounts on that defense or something. I do not know how it's working right now. But like you say, salary cap doesn't matter till uh, training camp. Maybe this is just a mirage. I don't know. Maybe that or it's the Bill Belichick theory of if you don't cheat until you're caught or if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. 
It's all good. Those fo- footballs are flat. Footballs are flat, boys. I wonder, like, it puzzles me that Lawler was brought in then if they managed to bring back, you know, everybody except Greg Ellingson, who's off to Montreal. But you have those pieces like Carlton Agadosi who can, who can step in uh, and, and fill those roles there. I'm surprised that they tried to spend so big at wide receiver and then still brought everybody else back. You know, Dalton Schoen's not off to the NFL. Uh, you know, bringing Rasheed Bailey back, Nick Dembski back on a three-year deal. Uh, I don't know if it was a case where maybe you didn't know Bailey was coming back. He was in- entertaining other offers. So you go sign Lawler first, then you come back and see what you can do to get a deal done with him. I'm sure there were a ton of pieces juggled there. But to me, I look at the rest of this crew at wide receiver and I'm thinking, did you need to pay Kenny Lawler that much? Was that a hole there? I mean, maybe it's enough to just take him away from all the other teams that were potentially looking for him. Uh, uh, but perhaps there were other places they could have spent that money and brought in a big fish. Like a guy like a Sean Lemon who uh, continues his tour around the CFL, back to the BC Lions for what, second, third, fourth, fifth time, third time? Uh, third time's the charm with the BC Lions here for Sean Lemon. Uh, and it's so interesting that you look at the free agency board and you have the, he's clearly the number one option on the defensive line, led the league in sacks. You expect a lot of negotiations in the week before you expect he's going to have a deal in place come noon on opening day. Seemed like everything was quiet on the Sean Lemon front until we got the news a couple of days le- or a week or so later. That surprise you at all, Adam? Yeah, actually quite a bit because I know that Calgary traditionally doesn't sign free agents. It's amazing how they work and they are very strict to whatever their policy is on uh, bringing in players. I'm sure they made Sean Lemon an offer and Sean Lemon obviously didn't think that was enough and good on Calgary for sticking to their guns. But I mean, you lost out on the Darnell Sankey uh, sweepstakes. He goes to the XFL. Yeah. Didn't your defensive line was reasonably solid last year, especially with a guy like Sean Lemon that was flying all around and looked like an ageless wonder last year. Now all of a sudden you lose them. Who are you filling this spot with? I know Calgary is great at finding players out of nowhere, but boy, a Sean Lemon doesn't come around every year. Uh, so it was very surprising for me to see. And again, I thought after Sankey went to the XFL, I thought, oh yeah, sure enough, Calgary's going to re-sign Lemon now. They'll just they'll put, bring him in and that'll be the end of it. All of a sudden going to BC and I'm thinking, boy, the BC Lions... They, they, they keep improving that defense a little bit more. That's going to be a very solid defensive front for the Lions. Uh, I really like the deal for the BC Lions. I'm getting a little bit surprised that the Stampeders didn't try a little bit harder to get Lemon. Trey? Oh, yeah. I, I think it's a great deal for BC. Or goes that, like, Do we put BC top two, top three right now in the West pretty easily, I would say, right? Maybe Winnipeg and BC and then the rest, I guess, right now. I think it's great. And yeah, Calgary, Dunport, Calgary. Calgary, Calgary, Calgary. I'm still scared to talk about Calgary. Even Bo's not there. Like, you know, I don't want to say, oh, Calgary's going to be trash this year and watch them go 15-3 and three with Mayor or something, right? Or Mayor gets hurt in the backup or uh, what's his name? Pistol Pete there. Uh, um, wild things or whatever. Uh, Tommy Stevens. There we, Tommy. <laughs> there we go. There we go. I was thinking of wild thing. I don't know why I went to Pistol Pete, man. Oh man. Anyway, 
unless he comes in and throws for 300 yards. But, you know, I I don't know. I, I guess we kind of talked about Calgary was that team that they never do anything. So whatever. But for Lemon to go to BC, good on him. So he was on Calgary, right? Or who was yeah. he on? Okay, yeah, so they lost him, right? Yeah, I'm more shocked about Mwamba going back to Toronto. We talked about that, right, with the trade and them picking him up. So that, that to me, is another shock. But Simone back to Hamilton. Did you really want Simone, Adam? <laughs> Absolutely, I wanted Simone Lawrence. And not only just because of the chaos that would ensue in Saskatchewan, because we just lost Arnell Sankey. Having a vet- another veteran that's worked with Larry Dean, he, you know he'd be actually a pretty good fit in Saskatchewan. That being said, he's also an American, and we can't fit an American in that spot, especially when we've got another guy back uh, this year in uh, Micah Tights. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense in Saskatchewan. He'd have that Canadian thing, though, wouldn't he? The nationalization. Not because he got traded, then I don't think it counts. Oh, it goes away. Right. It goes away. After right. he gets traded. Oh, you're, right. you're right. You're right. You're right. Now, it works for Hamilton. Uh, he's mm-hmm. the most valuable for Hamilton to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh but I'm just disappointed now that uh, Trevor Harris is going to get hurt in what week three or week four when uh, Hamilton plays Saskatchewan. So unfortunately, uh, yeah. Clear the lines, boys, for that night. A lot of calls on the show, I bet. Oh, man. <laughs> I can imagine there'll be a few on that night. But uh, the other one I wanted to bring up here too is, uh, you know, actually one guy, and we talked about him way earlier in the night here, uh, was Dane Evans. One team that does not have a backup quarterback that has a quarterback that has been known for is the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. What are they doing for backup quarterback this year? Are they really going to – what's that? They've got Drew Brown who did pretty good last season. I guess. I mean, would you not put a veteran quarterback or somebody in that's got a little more CFL experience? We don't have the salary cap, man. There's no way now, man. (laughs) <laughs> you guys can't afford a 595 BLT, let alone a bloody oh, uh, quarterback. I don't know, man. I get. I think they're still waiting for Strevy to finally get cut, but the Jets won't. <laughs> the Jets. The Jets won't let that die, man. It, it's a valid if question. Back and get signed by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I will call them for cap circumvention. <laughs> it's a valid question, though, Adam. Because yeah, the the Bombers rolled with that last season. I mean, Dakota Prukoff came in, had a little bit of experience there. Uh, but it was a lot of, yeah, let's bank on Zach Calero staying healthy and miraculously for the large part over the past couple of years, he's stayed pretty darn healthy. I think having one of the top offensive lines, not the top, that goes to Calgary, but one of the top offensive lines in the CFL certainly helps to keep him upright. He's also good at rolling out of the pocket and avoiding hits most of the time, not all of the time. Um it's a bit of an unknown as the backup with Drew Brown, but I also look at it as, you know, Zach Claros is getting up there in age. Yeah, he has another three-year contract. Kind of want to start developing that next quarterback in the wing, not really bringing in a veteran there at that point. Uh, and if you believe in the rest of the team built around them, which, I, you know, the Bombers are big on loyalty to the guys that they have with them, you know, they're probably looking at it as we can get the system in place to make a guy like Drew Brown successful there. So I would, I would think that's where that situation's at oh yeah for sure and i wonder what the rules are but like would an xfl guy be allowed to sign this fall you know what i mean like maybe there's a guy in the xfl or usfl or something that might sure like i think it's all a one-year deal for the xfl guys so okay that's why again i don't under like maybe like 
maybe there's a way, maybe their contracts end by then, or there's always somebody and, and they're going to find some kid that can't catch on in the NFL or here or there. And uh, maybe we'll go, if we, if we didn't sign, we should have went for that Bethard in Jacksonville. So Rourke would have been the number two for sure. Right. But uh, I don't know. I'm not too worried about it. Like Caleros. Yeah. He was a, see his injuries. His most of his injuries have been to the head. And I know those are like the worst ones, but he's protected himself pretty well other than rolling his ankle in the West's finals, right? Like, other than that, he's been pretty healthy in Winnipeg. I mean, you can't always bank on that. Yeah, I think he's 37. He's getting to Tom Brady age, but Tom Brady never got hurt either, right? So, I don't know. I think that old line's going to keep him upright for the most part. And if Drew Brown has to come in, Drew Brown has to come in. If not, uh, I'll come in for that 599 BLT, and I'll play on the center. I'll just I'll, – I'll get more uh, more rushing yards than um, Chad Kelly did in the Broncos, man. That's for sure. <laughs> and, and the last one, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, the, the last one I just wanted to bring up here was uh, Walter Fletcher going back to Montreal. I mean, he, he's been a good uh, running back. He's been serviceable. He was definitely a good play piece to replace William Stanback with uh, for a little bit here in Montreal last year. Uh, I don't know where he fits in, though, as well as, uh, again, William Stanback's getting up in age. I guess you could use him as a serviceable backup. Uh, that being said, we've seen this in Saskatchewan, this story last year, with two guys in the backfield, Frankie Hickson and uh, Jamal Morrow. And we've seen this with the same offensive coordinator, uh, Jason Moss, who's now the head coach. Uh, I still think Montreal's biggest concern is – who are they throwing the ball to here? I know that they've got Chandler Worthy. I know they have Greg Ellingson. Who else? They got they got to be working on this uh, somewhere. You would think, right? I, I think they've got a couple pieces there. Uh, they've got Tyson Philpot, who's gonna you know step forward with a big season this year, presumably after a, you know breakout year for him last year. I'm really excited. One of the receivers I'm most watching this year in the CFL, if he gets the opportunity, is Cole Speaker uh, over in Montreal because he played a couple preseason games, played a couple of those meaningless games down the stretch for them last season. And he seemed like a receiver that could break out and have some huge success there. So I think they've got some pieces there in Montreal. But, yeah, overall, I, I, I am, I've am always been concerned about that offensive talent. I guess throw K on Julian Grant, Reggie White Jr. in there. You know what? They they have a decent wide receiver core. I'll give them credit. It, it's when I think about it more, it's better than I thought it was. I just made a joke and said Fajardo has his favorite receiver, the uprights. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> I I got nothing on that one. Um the other one also is uh which is amazing as a free agent that hasn't been signed yet is uh uh, ride receiver Darrell Walker has not been signed by anybody just to kind of throw that out there a uh, little bit of a surprise to me because he has been a serviceable wide receiver almost anywhere he's gone yeah he didn't have a great year last year the year before he didn't have a great year in Toronto but if he's on the right team and he can make something work and he's featured in that uh, receiving core I think he could fit in almost anywhere wouldn't he well, where would it, where would you think would be the best fit for a guy like that right now? Unfortunately, I don't have the free agent tracker to pull up. It's under maintenance. Um, otherwise, we could take a look at, at where he would fit best there. But you know, look at teams around the league. There was a lot of talk. Uh, you know, going back to Rasheed Bailey signing of uh, okay, yeah, he's gonna be the number four guy in Winnipeg. Like, 
is there a spot he could be the number one, number two guy? What about Darrell Walker at this point in his career? Would he would he jump in as that number one, number two guy for any of these teams? I would maybe think of the Ottawa Redblacks could possibly use a upgrade in a wide receiver. I know they just got Shaq Evans, but uh, Darrell Walker complimenting him on the other side of him that wouldn't be a bad choice for the Ottawa Redblacks, from what I can see. Uh, one other option, again, I said it during free agent frenzy, was the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, just more of a depth guy than anything. Uh, the Rough Riders have an abundance of Canadian receivers, so you do have that uh, luxury of probably affording to put a Darrell Walker in every so often to let him play. Uh, in other teams, because they don't have that depth in Canadian he may not be able to play as much. So those are the two teams I can think of maybe for Darrell Walker. Uh, but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see who actually does pick him up at the end or if he ends up going down south to one of these new spring leagues as well. Last joke, uh, Winnipeg ran out of envelopes. That's why he's not here yet. <laughs> Wade Miller uh, had to go, pick up, go to Staples, man. <laughs> yeah, that's my last one. <laughs> I love it. We we need stand up hour with Trey Colbeck. Uh, yeah, get get the Tom Brady deal. Uh, I know you we made that say, joke earlier, but hey, it's better than Brady's act. I mean, all he does is stand up to the wall and remind everybody they played for Tampa this season. That was a pretty good joke as well. And for your next act, Trey, you need to retire and then un- and promptly unretire like a day later. Um, I'll do that. I can do that. Yeah, there we go. Uh, yeah, these are so these are a lot of the big free agent deals. Uh, you, you know, you mentioned the Walter Fletcher one uh, going back to Montreal. That uh, he was really the only piece remaining on the running back board uh, at free agency, and the team that's left without a chair is the BC Lions. Going back to them, who uh, lost James Butler over to Hamilton. Uh, did not bring anybody else in. I know they brought in a couple of depth pieces like Tavian Feaster. Spent a couple games with Montreal last season. They brought in Antonio Williams, who spent uh, a couple of games with the Buffalo Bills over in the NFL. But but no name that really jumps out to us at the CFL level uh, or you know big NFL name coming in necessarily. Is that surprising to you guys at all that to, to see them you know go go completely new at that position? Trey. Yeah, a little bit. Did the Lee Trey ever sign anywhere else? Not yet, I don't think. Yeah, like, I mean, there's there are a couple of guys. I know he's not a top talent, but there's a couple of guys out there. But running back against that tough one where your average lifespan's like two to four years. Like, you know, what did Marshawn Lynch you say? Get your chicken and then bounce or something, you know, uh, and protect the mentals, you know. But And that's a tough position. Um, but I, I think there's guys out there. But, yeah, maybe it was, again, maybe it was just a, a, one of those things you never uh, – Maybe it was just in the plans that a little bit of salary might have had to come from there to go to Rourke if they kept them, right? You know, there's you know they kind of had to have that backup plan, and now they're a day late, and all the guys were gone, and they're just gonna you know tryouts, right, uh, Adam? Yeah, and I think in running back you can get a running back pretty easily, uh, pretty much anywhere, especially American running backs. I won't say Canadian running backs; those are tough to find. But if you could find yourself a good American running back, I mean, you look at two, lots of these teams have a one-two tandem with Americans. Uh, Montreal, we just talked about them. William Stanback and Walter Fletcher. Uh, we've got in Saskatchewan, uh, Jamal Morrow and Frankie Hickson. In Calgary, you've got uh, Kadeem Carey and uh, 
uh, Diedrich Mills. Uh, so to me, it's not such a hard thing to find American running backs all the time. And if you can get them for cheap and you can get a good one for cheap, uh, we just seen another one come up in the Edmonton Elks program with Kevin Brown. Uh, nobody heard of him last year at all. And all of a sudden he's going to be the feature back for the Edmonton Elks this year. I'm pretty certain of it. So yeah, it again, American running backs aren't hard to find. If you find a good Canadian running back though, such as an Andrew Harris, uh, those are the ones that you want to hang on to because yeah, that's, that's a ratio buster right there. And to be fair, we've seen a number of teams this past season, just not even care at all about the run game. So, you know, who you bring in might not matter if you don't use the run game. I think they do need to still use it, though. I think they need to uh, definitely make that part of the plan. And uh, we'll see which guy, uh, you know, gets the rock here uh, as we transition to talking about the rock. And that's Dwayne, the rock Johnson and uh, his, uh, his XFL 2023 season kicking off uh that may have been one of the best segues i've ever made in the history of this podcast i'm on fire tonight uh (laughs) that's my thing was the rock jokes come on Uh, well what do you think we're two weeks into xfl 2023 uh i've checked out a couple of the games a little bit here and there myself i have to say um but i want to know what you guys think uh because you know, we talk so much about these startup leagues. Are they going to succeed? Are they going to last? Uh, what do they bring that's different? Are they going to? Are they a threat to the CFL? Uh, let's go to you first, Trey. What have you? What have you thought of what you've seen so far from the XFL? I love the kickoffs, and I love the re, uh, the challenge replays when you can listen to them talk. Right, that that's two things. I mean, don't adopt today, but. The other football leagues, the big ones that have been around for decades, should look into at least, especially the kickoffs. I thought that was really interesting because they got a fair bit of yards if you watched it. And I think on the wide Canadian field, you might get some of those. And then all that's left is the poor Troy Westwood guy at the end of the field. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like, I think uh, that those aspects are great. I mean, the numbers are the numbers, but it's so weird because I think they already have a pretty much guaranteed deal with Disney to be on ABC and Disney Plus or whatever their ESPN Plus for the next three or four years. So I really, I think they're here till then, at least, you know, and then they might fizzle away, but it's not quite the rock. The rock's lost, not as bad as Uncle Gary, but the rock's losing his appeal too, I think. I think he's not as... uh I think he's running out of his own flair a little bit. And I think he's annoyed people wrongly getting, didn't he get Batman canceled or something was the rumor? Like, I don't know, but I don't know. I, I I don't mind it, but it's, and the whole thing, there's a whole debate. Did it start too soon after the Super Bowl? You know, did you need to spread it out? But then they probably didn't want to overlap with the USFL. So I don't know. Adam, uh, did, did you, are you able to catch the XFL in Saskatchewan? Yeah, no, we still have cable out here. Don't worry. We still actually can like catch games and everything. And some of us even have Apple TV. Uh, nevertheless, I know, moved up in the world up here. Anyways, uh, no, I watched uh, one of the games here. And uh, the big thing I loved was that replay. That is cool that they're talking to the guy looking upstairs, explaining it as they're doing it. I mean, if you ever wanted to justify and make a justifiable reason, then that's how you can do it and really, really justify what you're doing. And how do you object to something like that when the guy's pointing out what he's seeing? 
That's the big thing that I really liked about it. The accountability was great on that part. That being said, looking at that crowd in the XFL and seeing not very many people there and looking at the TV ratings and seeing what the TV ratings were, I mean, to me, I'm sure that ABC, ESPN all have a kind of a standards that they must hit, that they're kind of guaranteed to hit, or they don't, they could start stopping to cancel the deals. Uh, I hope for that case and the XFL's case that this isn't 3.0 and then we have to go for 4.0 or 5.0 or whatever, because I'm very concerned with the rating or with the ratings so far for them. Uh, it's close to NFL. Again, I think guys have that little bit of a lull period there where they switch to other sports. If they're going back to baseball, I know I watched a little bit of the Blue Jays today. Uh, I mean, or if they're watching free agency in NHL or trade frenzy, or if they're going to the playoffs and start to watch some of their teams go. And that's an exciting time, usually in the NHL or even in the NBA. There's a lot of sports right now. And having that spring league right the day after almost of the X as the XFL after the Super Bowl, that's a pretty tough uh, bill to swallow, especially when you had an exciting Super Bowl like we just had, minus the last two minutes. Um, other than that though, I mean, the product has been okay. I kind of was a little concerned that the scoring wasn't there because, you know, I think the one game, what was it? Zero, zero until like almost the third quarter. I was like, what the world is this? But nevertheless, I mean, you know what? I, I like the, I like certain things about the game. Uh, is it a direct threat to the CFL and it's going to take out the CFL? No, it isn't. I'm not concerned about that, uh, especially like I say, I think the ratings when I checked it, it was 40% of capacity for some of these stadiums uh, uh, compared to a 70% for the CFL for capacity. I'm not concerned. It's, it's a different game. It's a different league. We'll see. The real question for me comes when you get closer towards playoffs for the XFL, if the ratings go up, if they don't look out, that could be a big problem then. If they do go up, and they start really getting more and more excited uh, for playoffs. Okay, maybe there is something there. But, I think um, the ultimate uh, goal is to, to to probably merge with the USFL because I don't think they can have both. Maybe I, one big one or one if they can make twelve teams out of it or something like. Because that's the big concern about the CFL: more teams the, brings in the gambling dollars. Is it one of those things where eight teams it's hard to gamble on? And I don't it know. Could, it could it could be part of that too. But again, I think it's more. Uh, like I say, they're trying to, each one is trying to compete for their, like for the uh, American love. And right now, I mean, unless you're a guy right from Alabama or from Houston or from uh, Vegas, you probably don't really have, and Vegas has so much going on now. Yeah. That's probably the least of I, concern is another. I think they, need, they need to have eight markets that aren't NFL, like for one, you know what I mean? Like if you have an NFL team, it's kind of pointless. I think if you, kind of do with the CFL. We don't have pro football except for the CFL, right? That's how the CFL works. If you go in these cities that don't have it, I think it works a lot better than going to Vegas, who they got NHL, they got um, baseball. Oh, not baseball yet, but, you know, baseball wants to come there. All these other things want to come there. It just doesn't seem to make sense. Wow. And even when you looked at the CFL model back in the 90s, uh, what did they do? They went to Vegas, didn't work. Went to Sacramento, didn't work. Uh, too many California teams around. Uh you went out to uh, Miami. Manatees didn't work. Uh, people like the dolphin, not the manatees. Manatees aren't cool as the dolphin. Uh, but Get your you animals at, right, folks. Yeah, exactly. But then you looked at a team that just lost their NFL team in Baltimore. 
And there are still Stallion fans like there is no tomorrow that come to the Grey Cup and celebrate because, by the way, they were the only ones that won a American team that won a Grey Cup. And they make sure you know about it because they're still proud of the Baltimore Stallions. Uh, that being said, they were a team that was missing their NFL. And if you look in the XFL right now, the team with the highest rankings and stats or stuff is Alabama. Uh, so. I, I, I want the league to succeed. I really do. Like, I hope it, I hope it does. Cause I, yeah, I checked out a couple of games. I mean, football is football. I enjoy watching football. Uh, you know, I've gotten more into the four down game this year with watching the NFL a little more regularly. So I'm a little more into it. Um, and I do like some of the things as well. You know, Chris in our live chat here says, uh, I like the no punt option or the, the no kickoff option. I believe that's instead of an onside kick, you can go for, for it on fourth and 15. I love a rule like that because that is an intriguing way to make the end of the game exciting to me where, you know, you get that point where, okay, you're down two scores, minute left. Oh, okay, cool. You scored a touchdown. Now, well, okay, you have to recover this onside kick or else it's it's game over here, right? And I know the CFL has you know, a lot of back and forth where, uh, okay, yeah, it's a minute 15 left, for example. You might still get the ball with 20, 30 seconds and get something done, but I like that option. I thought it was a cool thing, the 4th and 15, be able to to try to get the ball back yourself that way. I think there are a, cool, a number of intriguing rules there. You know, the the convert system where you can pick one, two, or three-point converts. Like, that adds strategy to the coaching. I'm a strategy guy. I like to see things like that. I think there are good things here with the league. My concern is the numbers. And I know it's only starting up and, you know, maybe you have to go through some growing pains here that I hope they get through. But the TV numbers dropping 50% from week one to week two is concerning. You know, seeing the crowd sizes being small is a little bit concerning there. There's been a couple of things through the first two weeks. I mean, one of the teams firing their general manager after week one of the league. Uh, I would like to know how what ended up going into that. Um, if the, you know, if this some was of the, the CFL, that's about the point where we say this is Bush League. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? Uh, we've seen, you know, some of the on-field product, it's been okay. I don't think it's been great. I think week two, maybe some of the games were a little more exciting than the ones we saw in week number one. So hopefully week three continues that trend there. But you have some of the fields that had field condition issues there as well. It seems like there are, this was a league that was very much hyped up because of Dwayne The Rock Johnson's involvement with it and expecting big things out of it. And I think there are still some of those subtle flaws that are coming out. And so you know, The Rock brings people in, but then you start watching the product and realize this, it's, it's, it's okay. It's okay. That's, that's my opinion on what I've seen from the XFL so far. And I don't know if okay is enough to survive uh, as a league long-term. Seems like they have deals. You mentioned that TV deal there. I think you mentioned it, Trey. I think I saw earlier today that they've got a, a deal, multi-year deal with Under Armour, I want to say, or something yeah. of the, yeah. that regard, which you would think if they're making that multi-year deal, then there are plans to, you know, have this go a couple of years. Hey, the USFL is going into year two, so they survived their first year there as well. I think there is room for oh, the spring leagues to succeed, and I want to see them succeed. My concern is that all of the marketing has been around the rock. 
uh, is what it seems to me, right? Like he has that player 54 documentary series, I think it is, uh, or marketing there, which, you know, is related to his own career trajectory. Uh, if I'm understanding that all correctly, it, it, it seems like we're, we're trotting Dwayne the Rock Johnson out there and saying, hey, he owns his football league and, and, and expecting all of the fans from all of his other venues to tune in to this football league because it's Dwayne the Rock Johnson. And then you start tuning in and realize you don't see him on the broadcast at all for three hours outside of maybe the motivational pregame speech, right? So it's not like he's playing out there on the field. He owns the league, but, you know, are people tuning into the CFL because of Randy Ambrosi? No, probably not. But we would tune in for John Candy. You know what I mean? I think so. There, there. That is a thing. But I mean, I get what you're saying. I'm over the rock too, right? But I mean, th- there is some flair to it. When Wayne Gretzky and Candy owned the Argos, who wouldn't want to watch that? But again, that was a short-lived venture, right. and then it went down, right? I was probably going to be. I like. I, I hope the XFL has a good, uh, good uh, success. That being said, you're right, Ryan. They built it around Dwayne The Rock Johnson. They hoped that they dragged in those old WWE fans and hoped they dragged in those Miami uh, University fans. And they were hoping to do that kind of thing. And uh, anybody that follows The Rock along a a little bit, they're hoping that they follow this league religiously. Some do. I'm sure there is some. But I don't know if it's making a full market plan or real market plan for this. Uh, real quick question, though, for you guys before we run here. Uh, re- way too early reaction, though. Was it a good thing the CFL stayed away from the XFL or a bad thing at the moment? I would lean good thing at the moment, but I think it's too early to tell. I'm going to stay in the middle. I'll say the same as Ryan. Like, I guess good, but and I was all for it, but I mean let's let's say we don't have a multi we, we change our jerseys every other year up here but the xfl has under armor for a few years right so you know i mean you can't say i would have loved under armor jerseys that would have been sick so for that it's bad but um no my one point i was gonna add too remember xfl is off abc for the next few weeks because of march madness so they're on the lower channels while march madness is going on which is probably going to be way higher rated than uh, a game at nine o'clock against the Seattle Sea Dragons and the Roughnecks, right? So, yeah, uh, but you got to remember the CFL has multi-year deals on Adidas right now. CFL just doesn't talk about it. <laughs> I think Didn't it's more it different. I thought it changed already from Adidas. That's what I'm saying. I thought it it's was a new era, right? Now. And then it went to new era. era. Yeah, yeah, but, again, yeah. but, but still. we do have those deals. Like my thing is like Adidas was two years and then they jumped ship and I was like, what's that about? Right. And, and then we were a long time one with Reebok before I, I get it. I know what you're saying. It just, that can, that concerned me when there was that jump, but watch Under Armour be one year next year. Jordan's Nike is going to be there or something. Right. So you never know. Yeah, well, two weeks in for the XFL. We'll see what week three brings, uh, both on the field and off the field, and uh, the rest of the season here. And I think we're all on the same page. We hope it succeeds. Uh, and, uh, you know, this is our perspective as three guys living up north here in Canada, which could be very different than, you know, the perspective for many in the States. But uh, yep. the first two weeks of XFL was also on during the Scotties, man, which was bad planning for The Rock if you wanted the Canadian view. So. <laughs> 
Hey, I love, I love curling. Curling's and then crazy. the Briars coming up soon too, man. That's another week gone of XFL while March Madness is on. Oh man, that's bad planning. <laughs> March Madness or curling? I mean, you know which one's winning in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow I I, I feel like that was not in his marketing plan for a uh, an American spring football league to coordinate it with uh, Canadian curling, but. You know, you gotta you gotta consider all angles here. It was it was four straight for the winning team, man? That's history, man. That's history. You kind of watch that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, I think that that pretty much does it here for this evening. We've covered a number of different topics here today. Always enjoy doing these uh, these roundtables here uh, with you guys. Let's get into wrapping it up here. Uh, quick note on the podcast schedule going forward. Uh, we're in the thick of the off season right now. CFL free agency news is kind of slowing down a little bit. Uh, so we're going to be putting episodes out every two weeks for the next little while. Uh, so stay tuned on, on social media to find out, uh, when the next episode is coming out there. We'll plan for every two weeks. If there's something big that drops uh, in between, uh, we'll, 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 add a, we'll add an episode in here and there to discuss that if we, if we feel it needs so. But uh, every two weeks now, and then maybe we wrap up to, uh, to a weekly thing as we get closer to the season, uh, the draft, all that fun stuff later on. Of course, you can find the podcast on, uh, on YouTube. Uh, if you're listening to the audio feed, go check out the YouTube feed. Uh, we stream live every uh, every time we do this. Uh, you can catch video after the fact as well. See our wonderful faces as we discuss all of these things and make our stupid jokes and our brilliant segues. Um, you can also uh, follow us on social media. I'll pull it up here on the screen. Uh, you can find us on... There we go. Let me move this out of the way. Uh, there we go. Uh, you can find us over on social media. The podcast is at CF Countdown Pod on Twitter, Facebook.com slash CF Countdown Pod there as well. Uh, make sure you check out all the other great shows from around the Canadian Football Podcast Network at CF Pod Network on Twitter. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Cooper Trooper42. I don't really tweet, but I'm there. Um, you can find Mike on Twitter at Mike Garrell. He's not here this evening, but make sure you check out everything he's got going on. Uh, and then let's go over to you next, Trey. Uh, where can people find everything you're going to do with these days? Uh, for now, you can find me on Twitter at TreyMBHarness. That might change. We don't know. Oh. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I might have pissed some people off. Who knows? But anyway, I had be harness for now. And yeah, make sure to check Mike out. Uh, I'm sure he's crying that his Jets blew a 2 nothing lead tonight. Uh, so uh, I wonder how they're going to make the playoffs if they keep doing that. But Adam, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me at Adam Stewart one mostly right now. It's a lot of senior hockey talk. I'll be honest. Uh, uh, we didn't have a great weekend here. Uh, went uh, one and two, but had a three game weekend. I mean, we're always busy. So uh, big, big games this weekend. I'll tell you that much. Uh, somehow we got to beat that team from Manitoba again and go back up there and beat them once more to try to make the league final. And uh, yeah, then take off over to uh, play in the provincial South final. So that's kind of cool stuff. Uh, but you can find all those details over at Adam Stewart one. And Hey, I still talk some CFL over there too, once in a while, uh, or NHL or anything really just come over and visit and say hi. Right on. Yes. Uh, make sure you check out everything all of us have going on. I was trying to, while you were uh, talking there, look for the, the Dan Clark, would you rather question of the day, uh, 
He's kind of gone dark on Twitter. Uh, Dan Clark, former Saskatchewan Rough Riders uh, offensive lineman, really has not posted one of his classic would-you-rather questions since February 3rd. So in hindsight, we probably shouldn't have started this as a new segment of the podcast when, uh, you know, he he dropped the segment on his social media. Uh, So we'll have to maybe start coming up with our own uh, ridiculous ones to uh, going forward. But I don't have time for that today or the imagination at this point uh, to do so. Uh, so we're just going to end it here. Make sure you check out everything on social media. If you enjoyed the podcast, help us grow the show. Leave us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast platform. That would be wonderful. Leave us a review there. Subscribe on the different platforms. Also, leave us some comments. Uh, share the show with your friends. Help us grow the show. We always appreciate all of that. Uh, thanks to everybody who tuned in live tonight as well. Join us in the chat. Uh, And on behalf of our team here this evening, Adam and Trey, I'm Ryan saying thank you for listening. Take care. Have a good one. Bye.